Love, are you all right? All right. Okay, so is this about my little <laughs> poorly thought out social media meltdown the other day? Yes, it is. Yes, I, 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 I logged in on the weekend, had a quick look at Twitter. In fact, somebody texted me to say, oh, good. Your, mate, oh, good. your mate Crab's having a meltdown. You might want to have a look. So I've jumped on Twitter and there's you. It's just tweet after tweet after tweet of rage. It was really, it was like a button was just flipped in my head. It was quite, so I was cooking um, a quite ambitious, large um, pavlova situation for my friends, or our friends, in fact, um, Gwen and Stephen, who are having a joint birthday party. And I was working up to a real multi, multi-egger, double pavlova in the initials of their names. So, you know, I was looking forward to... An ambitious task. Sure. And then I'm just preheating the oven to 150, not even to a, a, a hot heat. And I'm just pottering around the kitchen. I can start smelling this sort of odd smell and I can hear this sort of like, puh, 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 like a really muffled popcorn um, popping sound. And I thought, what is that? And then I looked at the oven and it was like, you know, it was like one of those fireplaces. You could see sort of dancing flames. And I looked inside and the, the thing was on fire. So the, the fan bit at the back was actually flaming oh and there was a God. weird chemical sort of electric-y smell. Ugh. So I turned it off and then immediately... Did that stop the fire? Uh, yes, it did. Um, it just sort of died a lonely death in there. And then I was overcome by this just surging wave of rage because that oven is not very old. It was bought inadvertently. Well, not inadvertently, but like I had to get an oven at the last minute because... My old oven was so loud and clanky that you could turn it off, but it would still make 20 minutes of sort of like whirring noises. And we were due to be filming in my house, kitchen cabinet, in a couple of days. And so I was just like, oh, geez, I need a, I need a, a new oven. And Jeremy very kindly went to the, you know, shop and got a, an oven that was the same make as the one that was there when we moved into the house. Um, now, it, it's, I won't name the brand, <laughs> but it begins with B and runs with Wanko. <laughs> Wait, name the, bla- the brand after your Twitter just sort of vomit of, you know, I don't know how many tweets there were, but like dozens, yeah. all of them directed at, <laughs> including there was like a sort of lull of maybe two hours and then you've just come back with like, and don't think I've forgotten about you. <laughs> well, look, the thing is that this thing, let's just call it a limey pile of junk, has failed me on several key occasions before. Like, so it's always like several times it's fan is um, blown or it's thermostat or whatever, or it just won't get hot. And I just think, ovens, you've got one job. It's to get hot. I mean, really, we're not trying to put a person on the moon here. Just just apply heat to food is what I need you to do if it's all right with you. And this is not an old oven. It's like three years old, maybe. And it's had issues repeat issues and it's got this special ability to wait for a really key occasion and then crap itself so the last time it did this was my daughter's birthday and i'm like well i've got to make all of these you know because my daughter unfortunately has this whole like well it's my birthday so i'll be needing a round of cupcakes for all my friends at school and then you know a birthday cake for the family birthday and then a giant cake for my you know party thing with my friends you know it's ridiculous and i blame myself for that because i should have been harsher earlier on but you know that's the last time it shut itself anyway so i flew into this insane rage and just started letting go on twitter 
And look, I'm sensing by the heady levels that you're hitting on our yeah. medieval, mm-hmm. medieval contraceptive device that you, you haven't really experienced closure about this yet. No, I haven't. I really haven't. I just, there's more hate in me, I think. Well, look, I, I've been thinking about a way that I can help you through this so you can put this yes. to bed. Yeah. And now look, I know you're not a fan of my singing. Oh, God! You're like the only possible way that you could make this whole experience worse for me. Look, I I actually think that you might find this a little therapeutic because what I've done based on your tweets is... It better be pretty defamatory against that, like, (laughs) kitchen company. I've written written a new jingle for... Oh, God. The guests are here, their glasses clink, but now my oven is on the blink. It's a trash pile, it's a lemon, it's a I understand the reason why you hate this oven, cause so do I. It's a shit heap, it's a fire trap, it's a, it's a I can tell at a glance that you bought this crap sack in a trance. I can hear Nigella Lawson murmuring low. Let this dog go. So let's be clear, my chickadee. Next time, opt for Smeg or Mealy. It's disaster. It's a nightmare. It's a hopeless joke. It's a scare bear. It's just useless. It's nutty. It's pathetic. It's dumb. It's a. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm slowly, I'm, uh, I'm starting to warm up to your, uh, <laughs> to your dark arts. I like it. It's catchy. Yeah, I thought you might enjoy that. So. Oh, it blends with the sulfur in my blood. <laughs> I thought it just might help you put the whole episode to bed. Uh, that's, here's the awkward thing. After my horrible tr- Twitter rant, um, I got a I got a tweet from the company in question the other day. <laughs> they were like, contact us on. Send me a direct message with the contact details. And then I tried to do that and I couldn't because they weren't following me on Twitter. I'm like, God, this is how Twitter works. Why does my oven not work? You, people, you, can't, you don't know how to use ovens. You don't know how to use Twitter. Anyway, so I'm sure that there is someone absolutely delightful in there and, um, and I will get in touch and they will be probably very helpful and I'll feel incredibly bad about this. But I just, ah, uh, I just, I just. I've actually, as I said to them in my 30th tweet the other day, I'm not a vengeful person. (laughs) But when you take away my oven, you change me. It's true. Like I actually, when I think about um, the fact that I don't do yoga or, you know, really any sort of exercise at all, I mean, I really am quite reliant on cooking for my peace of mind. It's, It's like meditation for me and if I can't do it, then I become psychotic really fast i can see that yeah. now do my we little need... fists are pulled up into claws of rage her face is red it is. do we need to do one of those relaxation exercises where i can use the radio voice you claim i use <laughs> yes. since i've been holding this microphone where you lie on the floor <laughs> and i say feel your buttocks spread into the floor i'll tell you what throw in a bunt and it's a deal <laughs> Um, now, I really want to ask you about something because yeah. since we last spoke, you've watched The Handmaid's Tale, I or some have, of it. I've watched heaps of it, actually. How far into it are you? I'm about to ep uh, eight or nine. Okay, uh, I've only just finished episode four, right. so okay. don't spoil anything for yeah. me, okay? Um, you know how I hate a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, it It's so good. It really is extraordinary. And it just, everyone in it is a good actor, which is mm. um, just such a help, don't you find? Because <laughs> you're not kind of like, oh, God, here comes that terrible person again. You yeah. know, it's an... It's an unbelievably strong cast um, and it's visually brilliant. 
it is also intensely depressing. So you've got to kind of mm. really balance that. The thing that I think they've done incredibly well is mm. the way that they sort of they have the flashbacks to the time where yeah. life was it wasn't quite normal as we would understand it but it was it was close. yeah it was normal but just with a few alarming jarring things and then they start explaining how it's like normal plus Donald Trump yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would that be like they start explaining like oh you know um all of a sudden you know uh things have got a bit more repressive for women in a certain way yeah. and and um all of a sudden you know this right's been eroded or that right's been eroded or our right to protest has been a bit curtailed and yeah. so you sort of see these little um, ways that rights get curtailed and people think, oh, well, that's sort of, you know, a bit alarming, but it's nothing weird, to really worry about. I can sort of see a reason. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, I can sort of understand threat. it. Yeah. That's right. And then it's sort of, and they it paints this picture of then how it ends in this, you know, extreme situation, which is, uh, so it's, it's really chilling. There's yeah. a scene where she goes to use her uh, bank card to yeah. pay for a smoothie and it won't work. Yeah. And then they discover all the women's bank accounts have been frozen because the husbands have to now have control of the yeah. bank accounts. Um, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. And and the way that it develops over the episodes that you haven't seen, also quite chilling. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm finding it really compulsive, but I, I watched two episodes last night and I think probably for the first time in the series, I actually went to bed and I couldn't sleep. And... It's just like that really – I think it's probably why I, um, like many people, sort of have this caution around dystopias. Like I, I just I just have trouble reading Cormac McCarthy novels, mm. for instance. Like I haven't read The Road and I've not watched that film because I just – it signifies everything that frightens me most about like humanity. So I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe I might just read a cookbook instead, <laughs> which is terrible because, it, you know, um, it's like – closing your eyes to the dark possibilities of humanity but um um speaking of which i recommended to somebody on um our facebook group who was saying they're having a bit of a bad time the other day a book that's the exact antidote to these type oh, of books yeah. which is uh, the guernsey literary and potato peel society oh, I did saw you ever you. read that uh, no i haven't and i've never uh, even heard of it but i saw you um look if you've been, it if you've been watching the Hand, handmaid's tale and you feel like you want something that makes you feel positive and good about humanity <laughs> and that you'll sleep like a baby <laughs> leap into the guernsey it was one of those books that was a massive massive bestseller um a few years back now and it's just a really lovely lovely book well while i mentioned the facebook group i might as well do all of our pimping you can follow us on twitter at chat 10 looks three you can visit our facebook group chat 10 looks three where there's yeah, a yeah, heap look of, out though it's a, a cult of, yeah, yeah it is a cult so don't say you haven't been warned you can visit our website chat 10 looks three.com where brenda puts up all of the links to all of the books and things we've been talking about so she if you does. miss the title of something you can go there you can find us on itunes leave a review you Look can even find a local group now. of just total chat lunatics who are probably catching up and probably and already are standing outside your house you given that um, there's now an address map of where everybody lives. You can I meet love them in that. person even. What's your favourite thing from the from the group this week? Oh, geez, so much put me stuff. On the spot. I know. Uh, I just like can't see the vicious uh, glint in my eyes as I put you on that. Like, my favourite is your mother getting involved. <laughs> the great thing there's this fantastic thread where Anne Sales just popped on and said, "Oh, it's good to see uh, Lee discussing everybody's favourite pets." WTF, by the way. Why are you asking people what their favourite pets are? <laughs> anyway, um, and then she reveals herself to be a huge Gerald Darrell fan. Yeah. My family and other animals. I'm like... Well, in that thread, actually... Now I know why I like Lee. <laughs> it's because she has vestigial DNA elements of Anne Sales. You should have been... 
my mother should have had you for a daughter. Well, a hey, you've just rolled that. over your mic cable, oh, so I hope can you just roll backwards in case oh, it's not working anymore? Jeez, oh, oh no. god, what? it's uh, like a car that's just run over a dog. We are now, and now in it's a position that would be really reversing. hard to explain. Well, <laughs> if somebody walked in, just reversing over it time like. and time again. No, okay. it is what cool. it looks like. Right. Seems okay. to be all right. <laughs> we had we should share with everyone as well that we had a very strange five minutes where we couldn't get channel one on this thing working and I was swearing at it and carrying on and then we tried channel three still couldn't get it working and it was because the mic wasn't turned yeah that was good uh, not as good as the moment where we were running through the ABC building trying to find a piano so that you could play that thing for me live <laughs> rather than just record like playing me your own obsessively recorded version of it on your phone <laughs> oh my god um and so Sales is carrying the, I've got to say, massive bag that includes these recording devices <laughs> and then this other kind of diabolical mum bag that seems to have gym gear and like actual <laughs> crockery there's a you know yeah, take a photo it's a lovely bag it's lovely i bought it at a thai but, restaurant yes of course the woman you was did. selling bags out the back as it, well it has that written all over it if you don't mind me saying <laughs> now um so anyway but we're walking through the ABC, which is full of these kind of you know New security regime. You have to present your pass everywhere. It's like The Handmaid's Tale, except you're not obviously forcibly impregnated. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be later. Yep. Uh, so, um, but she's the only way she can open these doors is to like brandish her chest at the security panels because she's got this lanyard hanging around her chest with. 80 hairbands around the security <laughs> card just in case she can't find a hairband at any particular moment. Anyway, so she's kind of like yabbering on a big bag in each hand. She just keeps pointing her tits at these security things and saying, it's just in here. I'm sure there's another piano just in here. And we're walking past like orchestras and like people doing yoga and like, you know, just, oh my God, it was so dumb. What you haven't realised is that I've actually had an ABC plant uh, you know, pass implanted in my boobs, <laughs> so I can just walk up to any door, give them a bit of a shake, and just the doors magically Who open. Who says that like bringing out your tits doesn't open doors at the ABC? Who says I'm not dedicated to you know a full career at this place? Um, Where were we? Uh, can I just you've you've had your debrief about something that's causing you great trauma? Yeah. Can I have one? Yeah, sure. The current season of The Americans. Not liking it. Not. Yeah. Be boring. I didn't like to say that before you uh, got further have into it. Have you watched the whole thing? I have, but like by the time, but by the end of it, I was like checking my watch. I was getting mm. cups of tea. I was just thinking, like, guys, look, not I, interesting. I watched, I think maybe episode ten last night. Yeah, I fast forwarded <laughs> through the Russia bits and just read the Ooh. subtitles at speed. The the subplot that's involving You're a monster. I would never do that. The, by the way. subplot that's involving Stan and his um, offsider trying Ooh. to negotiate. Yeah, exactly. Snooze. Fast forwarded through that. All I was interested in was the Philip and Elizabeth bits. Sounds like a quick night. And yeah, um, and even they are a bit like, oh, blah, 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 blah. really? Well, go on, go ahead and do it then. Do you know what I think the problem is? I think the the plot's spinning it spinning its wheels. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. And I think the. Partly probably because for it to go somewhere it has to involve their unravelling and I've actually come to the conclusion now, I'm sort of, I've had these mixed emotions that I'm very invested in them and so I don't really want to see them get caught, killed. You want them to be shot now? No, no, no. Get it over I don't want to watch. Shoot them. No, no. In The Handmaid's Tale, these guys would be dead by now. Come <laughs> I on. Don't, I, don't, I don't want to see that because I'm invested in them and so I don't want to see their demise. <laughs> what if but also, one of them was shot? A little well, bit. Last night I thought Paige was going to hang herself. Yeah, she was too. just hanging that thing up in the garage to, yeah. yeah, anyway. And even that wasn't interesting. It was boring as. Uh, and there is also... A, there is a bit, there's a quite gripping bit coming up, I think. Okay. Also, they've 
held out these tiny, two tiny tantalising bits of Martha so far. I'm desperate to see Martha yeah. and we're not getting any Martha. I love Frank Langella. He's gone back to Russia. Um, and He does catch up with Martha though. I saw Interested that. now? Yeah, I saw that. Oh. But it was like one scene and then yeah, we haven't seen either of them again. And Elizabeth, <clears throat> um, I, you know, I've known this all along but now I'm just sort of becoming tired of it. I mean, she is a psychopath. She's mm. an absolute psychopath. Wow. Hardcore psychopath who I think probably would sell out her own children for the motherland. And just has. Yeah. yeah. Has she? Have you just spoiled that? No, 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 I haven't. <laughs> oh, no. No, um, no, nothing happens the rest of the series, seriously. Well, where yes. I'm up to is they're talking about, is it time for us to go back to Russia yeah. and um, should we take Paige and Henry? Yeah. And I just think, are you guys serious? Yeah. Like, you know, come on. They're, they, those kids are Americans and you're yep. going to do that to them? Like, give me a break. So, um, But they're also yeah. actually in terms of like, oh, you know, I think it would be tough at first. But, I mean, you know. They'll adapt. Yeah. Once they can speak Russian. Yeah. I mean, and, and they're like, that's easy. so will they wander around Moscow being known as Paige and Henry? No, no, we'll give them your Russian surname. Like, oh, yeah, God, come on. So, anyway, I've, I've actually, I'm not enjoying it, which is disappointing to me because I've loved I Can I just show. say, I, uh, I advise you that um, – Stop watching it now um, is not a solution that will cause you long time loss. Like, I mean, wow. can I rephrase that in a less weird robot way? <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to quit because wow. I don't, having watched the whole series, I can't offhand think of anything that D- I think is fabulous that you're going to miss out on. Sorry. Okay, so the series, it doesn't even end in a conclusive way. There must be another series coming then. Correct. Oh. That's my view. Wow. Um, yeah, maybe they should have ended it at there the end go. of the last. So much good stuff. Yeah, there you've is, given them a true. lot of love. I have given them a lot of love. That this is, is a true. book that you've enjoyed. It's true that you can now throw in the tip. It's true. Um, what else right. have you been doing? <clears throat> well, I have read such an incredibly great book, and the great news is there are more by this writer that are as great, and I am looking forward to plowing in. Yeah. So. Um, it's uh, a writer called Rachel Cusk. She's Canadian-born and um, uh, now lives in England. And I have never heard of her. I, I think she's quite famous, actually. Um, but it's one of those things where you're like, God oh, damn it, I read all the time. Why have I never heard of these famous people? <laughs> um, and in fact, I after I finished this book, I was so enthused that I dropped Helen Garner a line to say, hey, have you read this one? She's like, I love Rachel Cusk. Oh. So I'm like, ooh. Okay, because this woman's like observation, particularly about human relationships, is so crystal clear. What's the name of the book? It's called Outline. Have you heard of this? Do you know what? I was going to let you. No, you just you just carry on, and then I'll tell you at the end. You are Rachel Cusk, right? Is that that your reveal? (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) Actually, I'm so pleased you enjoyed my novels that I write in my spare time from presenting seven thirty, and you know, yeah, carry on. Um, so. The book is, um, it's a really um, interesting narrative device, I suppose. It's, it's written from the perspective of a woman like in the first person and you don't know that much about her. She gets on a plane and she's flying to Greece to teach a writing class and she's a writer and she sits next to an older man, a Greek man, who, um, and they get chatting. And he's been married three times and they spend most of the flight talking about his first marriage and why it failed and his second marriage and so on and so on and she is almost like her voice is 
there are no quote marks. It's all a conversation, but it's it's phrased as, you know, my neighbour um, said that his wife, blah, blah, blah. So it's all her thought track recounting what's happened. And it's nevertheless quite action-packed. Like her um, observations about him just tie in seamlessly with um, and, and simultaneously analyse what he's saying as he's saying it, which is... I think a really interesting technique and then you know they get to Greece and they continue to catch up and and then she meets a couple of her colleagues and her the people in her writing class and what it becomes is this extended meditation on relationships and her life and you start to find out a few more things about her but you know for instance I'm sure her name's in the book somewhere but I you know yeah um I loved it I it, it was it's such elegant writing and it's so thought-provoking, um, but not in that kind of tedious, oh, this is very thought-provoking. It's just, it's a great read and so beautifully constructed that you can, it's like Ghana where you can, you know, it seems simple, but it takes a lot of structural work to make something so simple and elegant. I loved it. I loved it. And there's another book by her called um, Transit which um, is all about a woman renovating her home or something. <laughs> Apparently it's great too. So, Now, so the reason oh, I, I... Why, why do you have that unbearable simper <laughs> on your face? This is going to be terrible, isn't it? What? I too have read this book oh. because it was one of the books on the list no, recommended by my bibliotherapist. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Okay. She said it was a perfect book for like, you know, sort of women of our age and yeah. stage of life. And Maybe blah, that's blah, blah, why blah. I liked it. Yeah, I think Deep so. Side. I think so. So there you go. Bibliotherapy. It's, you know, call the school of life. Hook yourself up. <laughs> Um, yeah, like I really it? loved it as well. I thought it was fantastic. And I, I completely agree with everything that you just said about it. It was very insightful. Um, and funny as well. Funny. Like, very funny in a kind of wry way. And yeah. densely packed with insight. Yes. That, like, but where you're sort of reading and you want to keep reading because it's hooking you in, but you also want to stop and pause because you want to think, oh, wow, that's so insightful. Mm. And, you know, I should ponder that a little bit more. Yeah, I I, I agree, randomly loved it. read a passage out of it out to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me, but I don't think I kept it. Or maybe I did. You know, a few podcasts back, I said to you, oh, yeah, here, I do have it. Fantastic. Um, you know, you were talking about Anne Enright, The Green Road. Yeah, yeah. And I said in a podcast, there was a section of it that was just so extraordinarily well written yeah. that I just fell over. Um, well, then I took a screenshot of it. So oh. now I can actually read it out so people can see how good the writing is. This is from Anne Enright. Anne Enright, The Green Road. Do um, it in an Irish accent, please. Dan, Dan, um, Dan has a returned. Character. Yep, has returned to his childhood home. This is just a little paragraph of. He's stopping a priest and he started being gay. Yep. It was a question of texture, Dan thought. A whiff of. So this is when he's arrived in his childhood home. It was a question of texture, Dan thought. A whiff of your former self in a twist of fabric, a loose board. It was the reassuring madness of patterned wallpaper under the daily shift of light. The sun rose at the front and set at the back of Ardavine, wherever he was in the world. And when he came back, the house made sense in a way nothing else did. God. I know. Unbelievable. So good. That is a book where you're constantly just like cackling and underlining things and being a bit bonkers. And I think that that Cusk book influenced me in the same way. Like I just wanted to keep wanted to kind of reach over to the next person on the bus and say, hey, listen to this. It's really amazing. <laughs> um, what, else it. You, what else have you been doing? Uh, what else have I been doing? Um, oh, look, I, um, 
On the recommendation of um, our friend Sebastian, who actually recommended Outline um, to me and um, a couple of other spin-off pieces of writing, which once I've read I will uh, convey to you all, um, I went to Melbourne for about 30 seconds and um, had about that length of time to zip into the National Gallery of Victoria mm-hmm. um, to see the Hokusai exhibition. Oh, now, yeah. that's the um, um, Japanese woodcut guy who's like incredibly famous, that image of the wave that he... Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He did all of the views of Mount Fuji. It's I love woodcuts, so um, uh, I raced through that full of appreciation and also just thought, wow, this guy was like, you know, the most recognisable Japanese artist and he spent most of his life as a sort of nearly an itinerant, you know. In the early part of his life he worked in sort of studios um, and so this exhibition was – this collection – hunts down um, quite difficult to find early work, I think, and, um, mm, okay. and then um, has all the, the big hits as well. So it was great, beautiful, and right. it was packed. Um, right. And at the same time, I raced through a little, little um, Bill Henson exhibition that's in just one room. It's about 20 or so um, works that are just incredible. Um, I went through that too, actually. Yeah. Did you like that? Um, or are I'm you not, not a Henson fan? Not really a Henson fan. No, I, I, now, I know that um, um, Miranda Devine or the Federal Police will immediately come around and like, <laughs> detain yeah, me right. for saying this, but there's something um, even about the controversial works, and there are like some quite controversial mm. ones in this collection, that are almost painful to watch, but not because you think, I don't know, I, get, I don't get a real sense of creepiness out of it. I get a sense of just such searing honesty and just... I don't know, just the way um, all of his figures are depicted, you know, they're, they're kind of in semi-darkness. They've got kind of chip nails and grubby knees and mm. this particular um, series intersperses these sort of crepuscular human figures with um, statuary, like sort of smashed up chipped statues, some of which mm. have sort of um, tourists wandering around them, you know, and, and there's... You get this lovely sort of slender line between sort of ruined humanity and ruined statuary. I don't know. I just I, – I love his work. And, uh, you know, um, it's much safer to enjoy the um, dusk landscapes and things like that. I love those too. Yeah. Except like one um, consumer issue with Bill Henson's photographs is that you could never, ever actually have one in your house because they're impossible to see anything. That's unless... so weird. I was going to ask you, would you have one in your house? Yeah. Um, look um, – I would love to have one in my house. <laughs> a new sponsorship deal, like Chat Ten, sponsored by Gumption and Bill Henson. <laughs> anyway, uh, also Sulhada, obviously. Um, so, um, but I think m- most of them are at their greatest beauty when they're in an art gallery in a darkened room with walls painted black, which is how they're. Yeah, I mean they're absolutely luminous in that environment but I think if you put it on your wall you wouldn't be able to see anything yeah it'd be very hard in a non-gallery space look the um I think they're just a bit dark for my taste I mean I can look at them and say that's beautiful and Mm. highly skilled and stuff but it's just you know it's so subjective it's just do you like it or do you not like it um can we before I've got to run off oh god really yeah um yep okay what do you got I got one more thing too will you say your thing first um, just Malcolm Gladwell's um, new series in his podcast is just so good. I mean, it's 
there's like a trilogy that I've just listened to. It's not really, it's like a loose trilogy on race in America and it's just um, just so surprising and interesting and thoughtful and just uh, there's a particular one called Miss Buchanan's Period of Adjustment yeah. which look which looks at the Brown and the State of Education case, you oh, know, where yeah. um, uh, the, the court decision that allowed um, the end of segregation mm-hmm. um, between um, black kids and white kids. And he's looked at the sort of knock-on effects of that decision and how it created these unforeseen consequences that actually were, like, incredibly damaging. It's oh, And there's – listen right to the end because there's this extraordinary twist at the end that just made me just – almost burst into tears it's um it's absolutely brilliant and if you can look past the uh <laughs> they've got all these ads for chanel at the beginning like oh. it's, it's so but i'm serious like it makes me i'm just thinking is this actually a joke because it's it's you know sponsored by chanel this podcast wow and i could live with that chat in yeah, brought to you by chanel but it's so funny because they've got this ad at the beginning that the first time i heard it i thought it was a joke it isn't it's this woman going Gabrielle Chanel, she lived like a whirlwind. She danced although she had no legs. She she flew, build your wings, stow your wings, dance like no one's looking. Like it goes on and on like this. And I'm just like all in this kind of, you know, <sighs> breathy voice. I'm thinking, oh, call the police. Anyway, wow. it's, that's that's the ad. Wow. Anyway, it always cracks me up because then it's like race politics in the 1920s or something. <laughs> You're anyway. loving your history podcasts these days. I am a bit, yeah. And also... Um, the dollop coming have to you, Australia. Have you offloaded just... those 150 tickets to the dollop that you've bought yet by accident? <laughs> I went online and immediately bought as many tickets as I possibly could to the dollop because I was just like, this will sell out. We need to go. And then I found out that everybody that I know had also well, you... bought heaps of tickets. So we now own about 5,000 tickets to the dollop. But um... That should be good. Hey, I was um, talking to Gareth from the dollop on oh, Twitter. and. We may be having a drink with them when they're here. No, they're not. I read the actual exchange. They don't. They're not coming to have a drink with you. No, I had a private message with Gareth. Yeah, I know. I read that. Oh, he's like, yeah, sure, that could be great. (laughs) (laughs) Gareth, if you're listening, don't let me down. I just don't let me down. Just don't let me down. (laughs) You tell Um, me at this exchange. I'm like, oh, hot diggity dog. (laughs) We're meeting with a dollop, and I I read the exchange. I'm like, no, we're not. (laughs) It's like that. In principle, sounds awesome. <laughs> and wow. then he actually inserted That's... this kind of like I don't even know what date that is actually like oh, a second okay. as, you know. a, as like trying to get away. So it's like I oh, think I'm yeah. going on a date with the dollop guys and they're at home going some crazy psycho that I've never heard of. They've swiped Lee, whatever um, one Sales thing, whatever the one to... thing, whichever swipe it is that you don't want on twin Tinder. That's what's happened. <laughs> Love how you're pretending there that you've not ever used Tinder (laughs) for your hookups. Um, So three quick. What would our our dating app be called? Um, Um, Couch time. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Staying at home, early to bed. Bunter, bunter. (laughs) Um, I binged a bit of the Family Law. Uh, last oh, weekend, yeah. which yeah. yeah, I really I like. I think never they do, fails to satisfy. Yeah, I just I like as it's one of those ones. It's got a thing that I like in comedy, which is funny bits, but then also really poignant, sad bits. I love that blending yeah. of that stuff. Oh, also what? those jammy bastards. The trip to Spain uh, opens this week. Steve Coogan, Rob Brydon. I think we need to try to find. I know you're flat out getting your show ready, but I think we need to find time to go. Yeah, actually, I had a message from Steve Coogan. He really wants to meet you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you so funny. Oh my god, um, I love how you've suddenly just become eleven. Two other things. Um, you know, Scaramucci, how he's been sacked oh, from my house. Man. If you haven't had a chance to read that New Yorker piece where yeah. he's rung the journo. Uh, Ryan Litzer. Ryan Litzer. Yeah. And just got on this unbelievable it's third just, person rant about himself. Um, see, if I find with a public figure, if they do slip rather easily into the third person, that tells you everything that you need oh, to know. Oh, completely, yeah. yeah. Look, old sales, he's got to wrap it up now and head <laughs> off. Um, no, the last thing is, I think I probably, I mean, look, I've had some good ice cream in my times because I like ice cream. Yeah. I like that one that won the international prize that yep. Cow and Moon make, yep. Affogato something or other. Uh, Affogato, Mandola, Mandola. Mandola Affogato. Absolutely spectacular. I had an ice cream the other week at Gelato Messina. In fact, I was having, I was being decadent. I got Deliveroo to deliver me a tub of uh, oh ice my cream. God, I know. Are you okay? I'm just out of control, monster. Um, sent my driver for it. <laughs> no, the Deliveroo like, guy brought it. I'm just interested in what gauge of like, just so that I can draw a bead on the exact dimensions of your monstrosity. Uh, what volume of ice cream did you buy via delivery? The 1.5 litre. Oh, okay. That's right. Because yeah. I was going to say, if you got one of those, like, no. and they're like, I just <laughs> no. want a taste. No. <laughs> like, can you organise that no. through? And I spent a lot of time pouring over the menu because yeah, sure you get you three mm. things in it. And so I yeah. spent a lot of time on that. Um, anyway, one of them was pistachio praline. Mm-hmm. It Sounds was good. so delicious that I went personally down there the next day and then just got another cup to eat on the spot. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like got ribbons of that pistachio paste and the proper gear and then the pistachio praline is just oh i just i I just want to cry i'm like that guy on chef's table he's like i ate a potato i just wanted to weep i was like that with this ice cream it was (laughs) off the charts get yourself down there and get some wow yep delicious just don't heat it in a blanco. <laughs> Don't heat it in a blanco. And also anyone um, who the chat, Facebook chat 10 group has gone mad for something that has been come, become known as Chatter's Crack. Yeah. It's a recipe with – it's the Salada thing. It's Salada's toffee, chocolate, nuts. It's a yep. smitten, kiss, smitten kitten is the original. You don't need the nuts. You can just no. do the chocolate. In fact, somebody put, Although I put nuts on yours just so that your children wouldn't take it to school. That's the, that was that's good the childproofing. I made it on the weekend with toasted hazelnuts. No, absolutely stop. delicious. Yeah. Somebody I noticed made it and posted a photo with um, sprinkles on it and they called it unicorn crack. <laughs> Unicorn crack is, I'm pretty sure, some sort of pornographic shot. Anyway, every person who's made it has just gone, this is ridiculous and off the charts. So the recipe is uh, Brenda's pinned it on the Facebook Are you free to tell us uh, about your corporate interaction with uh, the Salada people? I was going to save that for an interview. Okay, well, all we'll just say is... uh, I've been been in touch with Arnott's about Saladas. Not in a kind of... Um, sponsorship way, let me help, hasten to say, um, but in a just just sales out. acting like a just weapons grade lunatic way. <laughs> Excuse me, I was Stand applying by. my jur- Stand by. I was applying the journalistic skills I've learnt over a twenty five year career for the sales of saladas in Australia. That's all uh, I'm going to say. What I'm, I said, people. I'll have an update for you later. <laughs>